Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. Welcome back to Barb Knows Best, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I'm here with my mom, Peaceful Barb. Hello. Hi, Michelle. Wow. Hi. <laughs> How are you? It's been quite the week. You and I were talking about it a little bit before we started. It's been quite the week. It has been quite the week. You know, life hands us twists and turns, and we just never know what each new day is going to present to us, but here we are. Well, we live in South Florida, so we've spent the week preparing for, anticipating Hurricane Ian. And Southeast we're the, Florida. South, we're in, yeah, I was just going to say, we're in the east coast of Florida, so we had a lot of rain and wind and tornadoes and all the things, so it was it was scary, but nothing like what's happened over on the west coast, so all of our prayers and love and wishes over to what's happening over there on the west coast of Florida and Fort Myers and Tampa and Naples and that whole area. Yes, it's it's awful and the images are very sad. I know this is going to come out, you know, a couple of weeks after this all happened, but hopefully we'll find out some um maybe some good ways to help support and we'll post it on the social media because they're going to need a lot of support because it's pretty bad. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just another example of you never know what's going to happen in life and you just got to be grateful showing up yeah. for the day. Yeah. Grateful for the gift of this new day for sure. So yeah, I'm looking forward to our topic today, Michelle. Me too, mom. Um, yeah, this week I wanted to dive into a topic that feels timely for us, timely for everything, but um, it's been a topic that you all have also reached out to us about. And we haven't really gotten into this too much as as a whole. And I think it's interesting to get into. So today we're going to talk about, you know, the concept of being trustworthy and what does it mean what does it mean to cultivate trust? And, you know, I think that we can divide this up into two different categories of cultivating trust in your relationships with people, but also cultivating trust within yourself. And I know for, at least from my experience, I, it's been a real journey for me to learn how to trust in both sections to trust other people and of course, to trust myself. And it makes a big difference in your life if you're able to have that trust, but it's pretty hard to maintain it just because if you're someone who's been through challenges and difficulty or just anything, you know, it, it's a muscle that you have to work. And if you don't keep working it, you know, it gets weakened and 
yeah, I just wanted to have the conversation, <clears throat> excuse me, because I don't know if I'm an expert in trust, but I just think that we got to talk about it. I think so too. And coming from my vantage point, it's, I thought it was very timely as well, Michelle, and very interesting that that is coming up for a lot of people, you know, maybe because of the pandemic, maybe because the world right now feels like it's in just such turmoil. So when you brought up the topic that let's talk about, you know, trust and trustworthiness, I thought, wow, that is a big deal. Because for me, being a trauma survivor, trust has always been an issue for me. I think we grow up as kids wanting to trust our parents, wanting to trust authority figures, wanting to trust people. And little by little, if you are a trauma survivor, the trust gets broken along the way. And then what? You know, how does that manifest itself in our lives as adults, as teenagers for one, or or as, you know, young adults and then as middle-aged adults and then as as older adults. And so I've really looked at this a lot. How can we how can we learn to look at like who do we trust? Do we have issues with trust? Do we trust others? Do we have people in our lives that we do trust? Do we trust ourselves? And what does it even look like? And what trust? does it look like? And and then if we have difficulties trusting, like I'm saying that I always have, given my my um, my abuse as a as a as a young person, and just given given all the situations in my life, it's been really really difficult to trust trust adults, to trust people older than I am. Yeah, And now as an adult to trust people my own age. So it's really been a journey for me to rebuild trust. So I'm, I'm looking forward to having the conversation today that it's okay if you don't trust, if you have issues with trust. That's what I want to say off the bat. Be gentle with yourself because it's okay if you have issues with trust. But I also want to say it's really important. I notice it's been important for me to begin to rebuild trust all these years. And what does that look like and how can we do it? Absolutely. And so I think what I'd like to do if I can be the captain of this trust ship Please do. today is um, kind of break it down into little categories, you know, trusting ourselves, trusting others, and just what it looks like to be a trustworthy person. You know, so often we talk about the other person, the toxic person, the narcissist, the whatever, but you know, it, it's important to learn how to react to people, but it's also important to learn how to show up for people, as, you know, working on yourself as well. So I think those three breakdowns of, of it will be really helpful and, and hopefully digestible for you all um, today. So I think let's start with our, no, let's start with other people because I think that's a big one of just, you know, I think about all the time, you know, you hear like, I don't trust anybody, trust no one. Like, I think what's interesting in the concept of trusting other people is like, it seems very extreme. It's like all or nothing. Like you're either someone who literally does not trust anyone is always kind of looking over their shoulder because they're waiting for the other shoe to drop with everyone regardless. Or you're someone who's just maybe a little bit naive with people and are overly trustworthy or overly trusting with people without discernment. And I think at least for what I view as, you know, a healthy relationship with trust, obviously you can chime in here is there's somewhere in the middle. And, you know, I think being overly trustworthy with people who haven't necessarily earned our trust ultimately diminishes our trust. But I think the concept of trust no one, or I can only trust myself, or, you know, you can't rely on anyone in this world is setting you up for, um, a lot of other challenging dynamics in your life too. So somehow I think we have to get to the sweet spot of learning how to trust people with discernment. And I think discernment is the key word, but I'm curious as far as what you think what are some of the keys of learning how to trust people or what, what do you think, what do you think is the biggest deterrent to trust? Well, I think that's a really good place to start, Michelle. And I think it's a really great question for me when I think about trust and all the work that I've done to try to rebuild 
trust my trust in well, general. Like, do you think that we're born trusting people? I, I think we come out of the womb happy, happy-go-lucky And life children. just kind of chips, chips away at some of these things. And so then all along the way, baby someone- Baby Barb was like, I trust you. And then life happened and that got chipped away. I remember a therapist saying to me a long time ago, and I just, I adore this therapist to no end because she changed my life dramatically. And she said, when we're born- if we look into our parents, mostly our mother's eyes, and we don't see somebody looking back at us. So if, it, it's just an interesting thing. She really believed that when we're first born, we come out ready to take, ready to be loved and cared for and feel like we're being nurtured and feel like we can trust the person that we're being born into. And so she described it to me that like if you if you are born to parents that struggled, my both of my parents were alcoholics, parents that struggled, parents that had difficulties, parents that didn't trust themselves, you know, parents that had all this trauma. We talked about cycle breakers. So my parents had huge cycles of generations of dysfunction, of mistrust, of addiction, of all of the things. So I think when we have to look at trust, I, I've done this myself, look back and said, wow, you know, I was born into a family where it was Right off the bat, there were ways where as two parents parenting us, I was the oldest of five children, there were a lot of ways that I didn't feel that it was trustworthy. I was scared. I didn't, I didn't know what to expect any moment in, in, in an alcoholic home. It's very unpredictable. You don't know what's going to come at you from any moment. So I think the trust got broken pretty early as a child. And then, of course, you know, when I was sexually molested by my uncle, that was it. It was like, I can't, I didn't feel like I had any adults that I could trust. But I think as humans, we're always seeking to trust, though. We want to be able to trust someone or something. So I started really looking at where, at my teachers, actually. And I remember one of the first teachers that I ever trusted and who helped me dramatically was my sixth grade teacher. So we start finding, I think we gravitate. We, we as humans, I think, are looking and hungry for people that we can trust or that we can can be the people that are in our corner or that I love that. I remember hearing this so long ago, you're my person, you're my people. And I used to cry because I think, I don't even know who my people are. I'm not sure I even have any people. <laughs> you know, today that I do, today I do in this idea of rebuilding trust all along the way in my life, but I think it's hard. And I think we start off, if you start off where the trust is broken, for me, and I know we're starting with other people right now, but for me in therapy, especially when I went into therapy for my bulimia, for me where I realized why I was having such a difficult time feeling that people were trustworthy was I didn't trust myself. And so I know you said we'll get into trusting ourselves and what does trust look like with ourselves. But And why was that? I blamed myself. I thought I was the problem. And I had a lot of people telling me I was the problem. You know, I had my parents, I had people saying, well, you're the problem. And even as a 65-year-old woman right now and some of the things, difficulties I'm going through in my life, I'm being told I'm the problem. So it's interesting if we have always told that we're the problem, it's difficult to trust yourself and difficult to find trust in other people, I believe. Absolutely. I mean, they, they do go hand in hand of trusting yourself and trusting other people. But what was interesting listening to you share that is... I think, you know, thinking about it's likely that we're born into this world feeling like we can trust people or we're kind of set up with a clean slate and life happens to us and it kind of chips away at some of these things. But when you were talking, I was thinking, you know, and just like with so many other things, getting down to like the root of the feeling of what leads to miss not being able to trust. And what you were saying is just, you know, instability, not think, not things not being reliable, um, people not being honest, people being deceitful. Um, but what all of that means is you just don't feel safe. Exactly. And you're, and you're afraid. And I, I think you know, not being able to trust is, is linked to fear. Um, and that's a really deep and heavy emotion because fear is really, really powerful and it affects us in a lot of ways. And I really feel like 
tapping into the power of trust is really something like it's not something to be taken lightly because life is really challenging and people can be challenging and we get thrown lots of really difficult circumstances and situations. And it's really easy for us to not trust because life shows us a lot of ways that it's not safe to, or that people aren't worthy of trust or that life isn't worthy of trust. But the other thing that I picked up on when you were talking is just that that might all be true. And we all know that it's true, but you have to look for those tiny instances or circumstances or people, or even just moments where you're like, okay, that was it. I can trust my sixth grade teacher, or I can trust, you know, this circumstance or this whatever. And I do think that that's how we build back that muscle, but it's, it's a lot of deep work. And I think for a lot of us who have a hard time trusting people to start with this part, it does require some painful reflection on the past of, you know, what were some of those areas of life where you felt like it got chipped away and what were the feelings underneath that? And how can you start to set the intention of looking to restore it. You know, I don't think that trust is something that's restored automatically. I think that we need to really work at it. You know, some things regenerate themselves naturally, but trust is really hard. Um, And so I, I think as far as other people, we have to kind of dive in to our lives to sort of take it out at the root and and plant something new. I think, Michelle, when I look at trust in my own life and exactly what you're saying, it, it doesn't come easy and it is something that has to be rebuilt and it isn't something that would come naturally, I don't believe, once the trust is broken. And so as I've looked at myself in my own life, wanting wanting to trust people and wanting to be trustworthy myself and wanting to feel that for me, as I traced it back, it was a lot of it was, I think, especially today in, in this generation, but probably all every generation, we as humans, I think we, we grow up sometimes learning to seek approval and validation. So we want the approval, we want the validation. And then if the trust has been broken, then for me, what happened for me was I was trying to seek approval and validation from anywhere that I could get it. And a lot of times I was seeking it by telling people my most horrific, terrible stories so they would feel sorry for me. Mm. And I kind of got twisted in my brain as a young person, like, okay, is trust that they feel sorry for me, then they're going to love me, then they're going to like me, then I can trust them, then they'll be my person, then they'll be there for me, because now I've I've told them my most awful, darkest, deepest secret, and now... Now I can trust them because now they know and they're not, they're certainly not going to turn their back on me once they've heard that. So, and it doesn't work that way. You know, trust doesn't work that way. We, we certainly, Brene Brown for me has been a huge influence on trust. She says, you don't trust anyone with your deepest, darkest secrets unless, they, unless they've earned it. And she said, they've got, it takes a long time to earn trust with your deepest and darkest secrets. So I got burned a lot as a younger person trying to rebuild the trust in my life because I, I was sharing things with people that I, just because I wanted to be liked, I wanted the approval. I wanted to have someone that I thought could have my back. And in the, in the warp way that happened to me inside my brain from being so violated, especially uh, physically and emotionally, it, I thought, well, if they feel sorry for me, that would be a way that I could earn the trust back or that, mm-hmm. that would, then my people would come. And it certainly is not how that happens. So I think it's really important to start understanding. It, we talk about this all the time on this podcast and these episodes that the relationship with ourselves is the most important relationship we'll ever have in life. So what I realized in early, early on, like let's say my 30s after I got out of treatment, is I got to figure out why don't I trust myself? Why don't I like myself? What is it about me that I think isn't worthy or that I think I have to have my people and find them at any cost. Mm-hmm. And so as I slowly, as you said, you said it so beautifully, as I slowly started to build the relationship back about trust for myself and stop blaming myself. I can't say that enough on this episode. I blame myself for so many things. Even today, when something goes wrong, my 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 
groove in my brain, the first reaction I have is what did I do wrong or how did I make this this. happen? This happened quite a few times this week. Yeah. So, and I think when you have someone telling you you're the problem. So if anyone out there is listening and, and has people telling you in your life, you're the problem, it's really worthwhile to stop stop the interaction with that person for a while and take a deep dive into yourself. What is actually going on? And if there are parts of it where you can take responsibility for great, but I would venture to guess what I found out with my own life is I'm not really the problem. I just, I've just become an easy target or because I'm just so uh, open maybe to wanting people to trust over the years, I've developed this groove that says, okay, now what's the matter with me? And if I fix me, then they'll trust, then, then they'll be trustworthy. And it doesn't work that way. No. And I think that people, you know, that's kind of like a people pleasing aspect of life as if, you know, if I keep fixing, if I keep doing, then, then the other people will kind of fall into line and, and act Okay. And could I just interrupt you? It's so brilliant what you just said. It is a people pleasing aspect. And I look at people pleasing as one level of life, but now we're going deeper. Right. If we use people pleasing for trying to figure out who we can trust is dangerous. What I found for myself. So I think it's so great you brought that up. You know, we can talk about people pleasing all day long. And I think we had an episode on that. But when we We like people pleasing to finding trustworthy people, it's dangerous. It is because it's also manipulative because yes. you're you're trying to create a close bonding and a connection with someone that probably doesn't deserve it, but you're craving that. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. For whatever reason, my voice closes while we do this. I'll look into that. Um, but for whatever, you know, we start to crave those close bonds or you know, even like a trauma bond where you dump on someone because you think that they'll, like you were saying, that they'll have empathy for you. And I think what that requires is taking a step back to be like, does this person deserve this bond? Are they worthy of it? Are they, are they someone who I can trust with this information and with my, you know, mental well-being, so to speak? And when we get into that place of people-pleasing we're kind of opening the door to anybody. And like you said, it's, it's dangerous. So it's, there's so many layers to this and we keep kind of diving into this. So I think we should just kind of get into this, this aspect of it too, because it's, it's such a huge part of it, but so much of it comes from one of not trusting ourselves and not trusting our ability to make decisions and not trusting our discernment and not trusting you know, our own life and our own capabilities. And I'm curious what you think about what, you know, going back to the beginning of thinking that you're, you know, we kind of come, come into this earth with a clean slate. Like, do you think we come into this earth trusting ourselves and that too is chipped away? Or is that something that we really have to build from the ground up from the get go? Because I say that just, you know, and this is truly one of those examples of conversations where we just kind of flesh out as we go, because I don't know, I can't think of a time when I was younger where I like really trusted myself and trust, trust of myself has been one of my biggest lessons in life. I've been riddled with self doubt and uncertainty and indecision, like we've talked about in so many other episodes. So it's like, where does that capability to trust yourself come from? Is it innate or is it something that we really need to be taught from an early age? Because otherwise you could get to an adult and really have that total lack of confidence, discernment, decision, certainty, et cetera, et cetera. I believe, I believe we come in as, so going back a little bit to what my therapist and I had a discussion about 38 years ago, I believe we come into this world learning from the moment we get here, what we, it, we, we learn from the first interaction that we have with an adult. I think we, I don't necessarily think we come in here now. So certainly this is my own opinion. I have no idea. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not any of these things, but just from all of the work that I've done for nearly 40 years, I believe we come in dependent. 
I truly believe as a little baby, we come independent on the person that we're coming into the world to see. And so if that, if that, if that relationship is somehow fractured in that moment and then the next moment and then the next moment, because I believe trust and anything is built on moment by moment by moment interactions. So I think we're lear- we learn as a little, little baby and then as a little child and then as a young child and then so on, so on, so on. So, and then as we talk about so much that we become the company that we keep in our lives, we take on the behaviors and the, mm. and the actions and the reactions of the people that we spend the most time with. So I think it goes, for me, it makes sense that we don't come in necessarily trusting ourselves. We come in needing to trust others. We come in as a little screaming, crying, cannot do anything for ourselves, little tiny, beautiful, gorgeous baby, (laughs) expecting the people around us to take care of us and to show us the way. So uh, that would be my answer of what I think. And so now it's our job to come here to learn, to grow and become. And so as I've learned and grown and become, trying to become the best version of who I am from the very beginning. So I've had to unlearn all of the, the massive untrustworthy violations that have happened throughout our lives with which we all have similar situations. We all have some place in our lives. None of us escape life without having people betray us without having untrustworthy people, without having people, um, you know, really come down hard on us and really put us in, in a place where it feels unsafe, as you said. We've all had situations to whatever degree it is in our lives. And so I think it's our job as humans, and certainly as, a, as we get older and as we age, to really unlearn and then really come back into alignment with what is true. And what is true is, and that's why I bring up Brene Brown a lot when I think about trustworthiness, because she is such a master at that. Like she's taught her daughters, if you go listen to her marble jar story, I recommend that highly. I won't go into it here because it's it's so long and so beautiful and she says it. So just Google it, her marble jar, because she describes- We can put it in the show notes. Oh, perfect. I mean, she describes trust as you just don't share anything unless they've earned it, period. And so that means they have to be reliable. They have to be accountable. They have to- you know, they stay in the vault, basically. They stay in the vault until you <laughs> until they can come back out. And they have to have integrity and they have to have non-judgment of you. And they have to be generous with their time, with their assumptions. And so it's really interesting. They have to have boundaries. And so the reverse is true as well. We have to have good boundaries. We have to be reliable. We have to be accountable. We have to have integrity. So it's a two-way street and to find people that mirror that back and forth with us, she will go on to say, and I believe this to be true because I've seen this happen in my own life. There's like a handful of people that you can actually truly trust with your darkest and deepest secrets and with your life. So I think when we get sad or we get heartbroken because we've been, you know, um, They've been untrustworthy when we've been with people that are untrustworthy or that break our trust or that hurt our lives or that hurt our feelings or that hurt our hurt our being. And I'm feeling it really deeply right now. Like how how do we how do we start to manage trusting the right people and knowing the red flag when someone is not trustworthy? That would be a great conversation for us to have here too, Michelle. It's like, how do we know the red flag? Because I feel like we get them right away but we think it'll change. Oh, but I love this person. Oh, but I think they're supposed to be trustworthy because they're my my partner, my husband, my wife, my child, right. my mother, my father, whoever it is. So how do we really start to get the trust of ourselves when the hit is there that they're not trustworthy to take a little step back? Well, I think there's a bit, there's an interesting dynamic because I've thought of people who are like, who will kind of throw it in your face, like what, you don't trust me in relationships. As if we're meant to just blindly trust everyone. And if we don't trust you, it's some sort of judgment that we have about you, that there's something wrong with you. And that there, it, you know, it's a judgment and it, it makes you wrong because I don't trust you. And I really think, and we like to do this so often on this podcast is like kind of reframing and redefining like what trust means. Like I, when you were talking just now, I really picked up on, and I think maybe for the first time, it's like, maybe we shouldn't, maybe we should just look at trust differently. Like 
people really have to earn it. And it's, there is, I don't, you know, I could see someone walking down the street. I don't necessarily trust them. And that's not a bad thing because I don't, we've never engaged before. So it's lurking about how we can start to earn it rather than just freely giving it. And that's not a bad thing. And, and really seeing like how people, you know, we're all different people with different ways of life and different personalities and, and different values and all that. And so, you know, all of us are going to interact with each other in different ways. And I think that earning each other's trust and redefining what it looks like to even be a trusting person is, is just a really interesting concept here because, you know, I've had that thrown in my face so many times with people over my life of like, don't you trust me? You clearly don't trust me. And you know, why should I? And probably most of the time you probably want to say, you know what, honestly, I don't, but we're afraid to, but it's, it's putting it on you. Like, again, you're the problem problem. because you don't trust me. So I think, you know, kind of trying to break this down in a way that's digestible for people, because we could talk all around and around about this is like, you know, I think thinking about maybe starting with your handful of people or your close inner circle and seeing who really has earned your trust and really starting to rely on your discernment muscle of like what is and isn't in your best interest because we can try and like you said to make people fit into these boxes that maybe they don't just because of proximity or because of you know history or anything like that and really start to look at who are the people that that have earned it and working that muscle with with those people. Beautiful, Michelle. And I think what's so great about this whole process is that you don't have to ditch the people then that you sit down and realize, wow, they're not worthy of your trust. You're really starting to have some discernment and starting to have some real true connection with yourself as to what is true and what is real for you. So you don't find yourself in situations where someone says, oh, you don't trust me. Because I think why people have said that to me, it's because I've, I've given them the impression that I do over the years. And then all of a sudden, I actually didn't to begin with, but I didn't want to say that. So I, I just want to say it's very... I think it's very powerful to do exactly what you said. Look at the people and look at the handful of people in your life that you do trust. And if there are some, some of them that is kind of, you know, it's teetering on the balance there that it's not really, no, I kind of, I think it's so important for us to learn how to update our level of trust in other people or in someone based on the experiences that we have with them. So let's say I'm, and I think that's why I go back to Brene Brown. I'm, I'm trusting this person a lot, let's say. And all of a sudden something happens that doesn't quite sit right with me. It doesn't mean that oh, they're not trustworthy. They're awful. Oh, what was I ever thinking? It's like I take a little tiny step back and not, not tell them I'm taking a step back, but I take a step back. And I take a little tiny step back and say, okay, what just happened here? Mm-hmm. Maybe my level of trust in them was given a little bit too quickly and maybe they're they're at this level and not like the one level that we only have one or two people in our whole lives that we could actually trust with everything. And so we just learn to update our level of trust in someone based on the experiences that we have. And I think that's the easiest transition that we can make, especially now, if you're listening to this episode, how do we start to really start, how do we begin the process of deeply understanding where our trust lies with other people and where our trust lies with ourselves? Mm-hmm. And so I, I was, I was thinking about this the other day, and I think all of you know Maya Angelou is one of my favorite people on the planet. I, I quote her, her a lot, and one of her quotes I remember reading this years ago when I was at a retreat, and I was going through some of my notes, and it's phenomenal. It's I don't trust people who don't love themselves, yet they tell me I love you. She says there is an African saying which is this. Be careful when a naked person offers you a shirt. Hmm. And I just have always loved that quote because it's true. And I think it kind of goes full circle, Michelle, what we were starting. Like it, it really starts with we don't trust other people, but then we have to really trust ourselves. And as we move along this whole path of trust and trustworthiness and trust being broken, it truly does start with ourselves. If we don't trust ourselves and don't love ourselves completely, 
it's going to be really difficult for us to set the stage or set the standard or set the barometer even of what does trusting another person actually mean for us? Yeah. Well, it really is a dance between the two of trusting yourself and trusting others. But it it's interesting because I think one of the biggest aspects of trust for me that's that's really tricky and that I've worked on a lot in my life is is what you touched on earlier is like oversharing to people who aren't worthy and then really feeling in that pit of your stomach like oh my gosh I shouldn't have shared that what's going to happen you know all of that and that to me is like the epitome of the dance of not trusting yourself and then not trusting other people but then feeling like totally out of control and not able to trust anything. And so I think the more that we can start to tap into knowing our own ability to discern, to know, and to trust ourselves, then we can start to discern what we do with people around us. And I really think one of the biggest ways to start to do this is, you know, you really have to start to flip the script of what you tell yourself about yourself and about other people um, and what you reinforced, you know, the grooves in the brain. You talked about it a little bit today and we've talked about it in other episodes, you know, that you defaulted into, I'm the problem, I'm the problem you know, and that's something that's being reinforced for you for your entire life. You know, what are, what are we reinforcing in our minds about ourselves and about other people? You know, our, we might think, oh, I can't trust anyone. No one, you know, no one will show up for me. I have no one in my life or, you know, I, I can't trust myself. I don't know how to, I don't know what's right for me. I don't know how to make decisions. I don't know what to do you might feel that and you might have experiences that can back that up. But if we're trying to re rewire our brains and act and behave and think differently, we have to start to open up to the possibility that that isn't true and that there are people that I can trust in this world, but I'm going to be discerning with who that is. I can trust myself because, you know, I love myself and whatever mistakes I've made in the past have only, you know, made me stronger and have taught me so much, but really, you know, rewiring that and starting to come up with maybe some affirmations that you can say to yourself when you fall into that place of, like you said, you know, I, I, I'm the problem, blah, blah, you know, going into that, like, no, um, I'm not the problem. I trust myself or, you know, even like when you said, if someone kind of breaks your trust a little bit in a situation and you think, oh, well, that's it, they're out. No, stepping back and just like really having a dialogue with yourself of like, what makes me feel like I can't trust this person? Is this true? Did I have a certain expectation that I didn't communicate that they didn't know? Do I think that this person was doing something intentionally to hurt me? And what can I communicate? Like, I think it's really, it's a lot of work, but just breaking it down moment by moment and having those conversations with yourself and really catching it in the moment so that you don't keep looking for reasons not to trust other people and especially not to trust yourself. You know, there's nothing more upsetting when you feel like your trust has been broken and you go, you fall right back into, I knew I couldn't trust anybody. I knew I shouldn't have, you know, ever opened up to anybody because I can't trust a single person in this world. And rather than, you know, kind of going back to the beginning, being so black and white with our trust, getting into the gray area because life is gray of like, you know, maybe that makes me feel a certain way. Maybe that's triggering something in me that makes me feel like I can't trust, but is it really true? And just kind of etching away at the disbelief that people can be trustworthy, I think. It's just kind of, it's how we start to rewire our mindsets about it. And, you know, we'll get into some some characteristics of, of being trustworthy. But when we're thinking of starting from ourselves and just really how we operate within 
our lives and our world, it's like breaking it down and just asking ourselves the questions. Beautifully said, Michelle. I th- for me, the first step is to really trust that we can start brand new right now, right here. That what, is hap- what has happened in our lives up until now, this is what gives me the greatest hope and gives me the greatest energy to constantly keep changing myself and constantly keep growing and learning. You know, that no feeling is ever final. And can we, can we actually trust that we can love our past enough to let it go? Like every day is a new day. We truly have the power to start brand new. And as you said, start that new groove in the brain and start that new belief in the brain and start that new trust of ourselves in the brain and in the body and in our energy. And trusting ourselves completely doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes, doesn't mean that everything's going to go right or that we're going to make the right choice. It just means that in this moment, I'm doing the best that I can and I trust that this is the right thing to do. And if it's not, if it turns out that, wow, the result of that choice didn't turn out the way that I had hoped it had, I'm going to choose differently next time. So I really learned a great teaching here. So I like to think, and this is what I've been doing a lot lately, especially for the difficulties that I'm having in my life right now, is that I do trust myself. I do love myself completely. So what do I need to do here in this moment? And what's been coming up for me a lot is this affirmation. The past does not have the power to name who I am. That power is mine in this very moment. And I can take this moment right now to start with a new path, loving my past, but letting it go and really choosing something new right now in this moment. What can I choose right now in this moment that is new? In the learning, in the growing, and in the becoming of the person that I desire deeply to be. And I think if you just start there that small, because I love what you said, Michelle, in this idea that we can't just put everyone in a basket and say, I don't trust anyone. We can't live that way. We truly, well, I mean, we can, but we're not going to be happy. We're going to be miserable. We're going to have we're going to have a lot of anxiety. We're going to have a lot of fear. We're, we're just, we're not, for me, because I've been down that path, I'm, I'm miserable when I think that I can't trust anyone. We are human beings. We want human beings around us, but it doesn't mean we have to have a lot of them. We just want to find the ones that are in alignment and that are right for us. So I just believe strongly that we can't throw everyone in a basket like that, but it has to start with ourselves and being careful with who we trust. So the other affirmation for me is, Not that I'm not letting anyone in because no one is trustworthy because my trust has been broken so many times and people think that this or they think that. No, what has happened for me is, Barb, be careful who you trust. You know, take a pause. We talk about the pause a lot as well in these episodes. Take a pause here. Have this person, has this person earned your trust? And, and they may be pausing and thinking the same thing. Wow, I just met her. I had someone say to me, oh my gosh, this is so brilliant. I had someone say to me two or three years ago, we had just met a person. Michelle and I do a lot of work at institutions here in in South Florida. And we had just met a person who's a pretty high up person in this particular place of business. And the person was overly friendly, overly sharing and constantly texting us all the time. And constantly, you know, it was just really sweet, really nice. There, There didn't seem to be anything wrong with it, but I got a red flag. I was like, wow, they're really kind, they're really sweet, they're really nice, but I don't even really know them that well. This is weird to be getting all these wonderful messages. And so I remember I was talking with another friend of mine, not a close friend, but just a friend, and we were talking about it, and she knew the person too, and she, I was sharing a little bit with her, and we were just talking, and she was sharing things with me. And she looked at me and she said, these, this person has known us for a hot minute. It's a little too personal for me. And it was so cool when she said that. I remember, oh, I haven't forgotten it. This was several years ago. I thought, wow, that is a beautiful assessment of what was happening. And it doesn't mean anything was wrong with the person. It just meant, whoa, wait a minute. I need to take a pause here. It's a little bit too personal. It's a little bit too invasive. It's a little bit too much. Too much, too fast. Too much, too fast. Very good. So it's just, what I love about all these stories is we learn we grow and we, we really start to understand the teachings that life has to give us. But I don't think a good teaching is don't trust anyone. Right. I think instead of that, a better affirmation is be careful with who you trust and take a pause. 
Well, and I really think that life, it comes down to life. You really have to be the witness to life Mm -hmm. and just notice. Yes. You know, notice the little things that people do or don't do or how they do or don't show up to show up for you or how they do or don't listen or how they do or don't communicate. Like it's, it's so, um, it's so small. Like, you know, each moment is so small, but if you start to notice how you, how people make you feel, you know, and I think in that instance, you were just talking about that person made you feel, even if they, even if they're the most trustworthy person on the planet, just in that moment, you felt like it was just too much. And so just noticing how people make you feel in their presence, how they make other people feel. Um, and can I just, and there's nothing, and I realize there's nothing wrong with me for feeling this way. No, it's, it's, that's the thing. It's noticing saying, oh, something doesn't feel right, right here. I need to look into it. I'm noticing that this person makes me feel this way. Exactly. And it, and it without doesn't mean judgment. That, exactly. Exactly. And you can, you can do all of this without the judgment of labeling them as I can't trust this person. Right. It's just, I need to look into why I feel this way when I'm with them or I need to look into why this kind of behavior is triggering for me or why I don't think that this is something that I can do in a relationship. But it's it's noticing and really, not to sound like a broken record on every single episode, but so much about this comes when you're aware in life, when you're present to life, because you don't notice the nuances of, behavior and, you know, signs and signals and body language from people when you're not paying attention. And I think when we do start paying attention and are present, you know, we get the hits within ourselves. We, we pick up on red flags. We get those, you know, gut instincts and gut feelings about people. And if we're present to them, we can investigate it. But when we're not, we bypass it and we keep moving and we make knee-jerk reactions or make quick decisions or, you know, overshare to fill up space and, you know, ignore our better judgment and kind of take us along that path of, of mistrust. And so really, if we start to become present and aware and just being the witness to life, um, I think can really start to help us because you know, you say so often that we're like scientists in the laboratory of life and thinking about it in that regard, like I'm watching, you know, everything in life and I'm just picking up little clues about this, about that, you know, about the, this person, this circumstance, these, you know, these patterns, and it's just picking it up and just examining it and seeing how it fits into your life and your laboratory. That's a beautiful segue to something that just came up when you were talking. For me, I think for me, as I've moved along this path of trustworthiness and trust being 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 a trustworthy person and finding people in my life that are trustworthy, what just came up for me is this, that you have to really know what you want. Yeah. What do I want? What do I want for my life? What do I want with the people in my life? What am I looking for? And can I be that person? Can I be the person that I want in someone else? And what's yeah. important for me in that, what I've learned in that is if if I can be the person that is me, that I'm looking for, then I'm not looking for that other person to complete me because I'm already whole and already complete myself. I'm looking for someone to come and be a partner with me, right? whether it's a friendship or a spouse or whatever it is. I'm not looking for someone to complete me and I'm not looking for someone to be something that I can't even be myself or that I, because if I don't trust myself, it goes back to my Angelou's quote. Like if I don't trust myself and love myself enough, how am I ever going to expect someone out there to fill that void? It's impossible. It is it's a, a two-way it is, street. And, and it's a void and it's a deep well that can never be filled. We have to fill it for ourselves first. And then we go out with that confidence of who we are, having the discernment, to allow the people into our lives to the, to the maximum that we can in whatever levels that is of trustworthiness. Yeah. I think that's, it's fascinating. There's so many things we can talk about, but before we close up today, I just wanted to give people a sense of like, just, you know, the tangible takeaways. 
of what it what it looks like to be trustworthy. Like what are some qualities and characteristics of of someone who is trustworthy and someone who trusts. And I have some ideas and I know you have some ideas, but some things for me that make me feel like I can really trust people is clear communication. You know, I'm really realizing, especially as I get older and especially as I learn and become wiser and and have new experiences is like, I feel like I can handle almost anything so long as you communicate with me about it in a clear and kind way. You know, I might be disappointed, but communication for me is everything. If you just tell me straight up and then as another prong to this, but also another aspect, if you're honest, that to me is one of the biggest ways that I can start to trust you. Because if you can communicate and you can be honest with me, I really feel like we can figure almost anything else out. I love that. I would have to agree with you 100%. And it, and I think being being trustworthy it's someone that you feel you can say your your you can you can say what's deeply in your heart and there will be no judgment. There will be no well, let me let me tell you what you need to do about this, not even trying to fix it. They're just like they will be there with you with empathy and with love and with care and with compassion and whatever that is. And just really being a great listener. And then the other part for me. So being a great listener is another one. Being a great listener. And I think then for me, I think the other the other pieces, especially with with life right now for me, it's who who is in my corner that's honest and truthful. And it doesn't mean they have to always agree with me, of course, or it doesn't mean they even always have to have to do what I would like for them to do. But I could at least have the comfort and the grace and the and the confidence to say what I need. And then they can come back at me and say, let me see what I can do to give you, give you what you need in this situation. So at least they're honest. And I think it's what you were saying and have a conversation about it. But at the end of the day, I think it's so important for me to be able to know that whatever is happening for me, especially if it's a really, really challenging, difficult thing that that person will put my need first in the moment and find a way to be able to satisfy the need that I have for the moment, not always, of course not, but for that moment, if it's a really difficult, tragic time, that they will be able to put my need first for the moment and try to figure out what they can do in their lives to to serve, to serve that need and vice versa. And that's why I said I have to be able to do the same thing with the close people in my life. So compassionate and understanding. Is a big one. And willingness to put the other person first for the moment, in that moment, in that situation. Not, I don't want anyone to walk away thinking that to be no, a trustworthy it's... person, you got to put the other person first. No, but just for the moment. And I get this a lot from, I learned That's this. That's compassion it's and com- empathy. Yes. Is knowing when you can take yourself out of it to be there for the other person when they need it. And I'm going to say, I learned this so much, the deep, the deepest, the the deepest example of this came when I was on a retreat, and I think I've used this in one of the other episodes, on, on a retreat with Thich Nhat Hanh, the Zen Buddhist monk. And at the end of the retreat, the last words he shared with us were these, every day, relieve the suffering of another human being. And so if you're talking about your, your deepest friend or your deepest partner, or your deepest spouse, whatever it is, if you're talking about someone that is really trustworthy they will seek to help relieve your suffering if you are really suffering in mm-hmm. the moment. And to me, that is a great, that is a trustworthy friend or that is a trustworthy person, friend, spouse, partner, whatever that is. I love that. That's, that's really powerful. And, and lastly, some other attributes, you know, someone who's reliable you know, who says what they mean and mean what they says. And when they commit to something, they'll follow through. And their actions match the words. Their actions. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for me. You know, obviously there's always instances where life comes in the way, but you know, someone who you can really rely on is, is a lot in this world. And someone who's authentic, I think, isn't trying to be a certain way to certain people you know, and again, all of these things that we're saying are trustworthy in other people, but it's also within yourself. Like you have to be authentic to yourself 
first. You have to be reliable to yourself and, you know, all of the other things that we've talked about for yourself as well, extending the compassion and empathy and extending grace, you know, in situations, all of that has to go back. It's a a full circle of extending it out, but putting it back. But I really feel like these tenets really help to build trust. I agree. I think I would like to close just one more time with, if you are someone who is a trauma survivor, please, please, please be gentle and loving and gracious with yourself. And for me, as I'll just say one more time, the only way that I could start rebuilding trust after the trauma was practicing self-forgiveness, practicing self-compassion, really, you know, finding another person, a therapist or finding another person that you could share things with that won't abandon you, that won't invade your, 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 your being. And the people just realizing, coming to the realization that you are not to blame for things that happened to you as a child. And it took me a long time to really understand that and really get that. I mean, I heard it in my head and it made sense in my head, but it took me a while to get it down into my heart and to actually believe it. So I just want to say that, you know, I love you so much and and I have so much empathy and compassion for anyone listening that is a trauma survivor. It is hard. It is really, really, really hard. And to try to rebuild the trust and practicing self-forgiveness and self-compassion is hard. But for me, it started with really getting that truth and that belief that the things that happened to me were not my fault and I am not to blame and I need to forgive myself and I need to really be loving and kind to myself. And that's not easy. So I just want you to know you're not alone. No, and and that's a beautiful way to close it out because we are all worthy of trust and love and compassion and life is hard. And sometimes it makes us feel like that we're not, but you know, our intention here and our intention with the podcast and you know, everything that we do as, as a whole in all of our work is to just let you know that you're not alone and that, you know, we're here to be of a support in any way that we can. And also to you, t- you touched into this, you know, finding a therapist or someone to who you can kind of break some of these things down. If you are someone who's come through a lot of traumatic incidents too, can help you in reestablishing trust. So that's a big one as well. But I, I hope that this was helpful. Um, and I hope that if nothing else, you can start to take away one or two pieces of things that you can work on to trust yourself and to trust others and to really just show up in life, you know, unapologetic as who you are and what you want and trusting too that life will bring you the people that are worthy of your trust. You know, there's a whole thing about too trusting life and, you know, it's not always easy to do that, but you know, day by day, we can start to build that up and and strengthen that muscle. So here's to strengthening the trust muscle this week, but let us know how it goes for you. Yeah. She's just smiling and looking at me. Yeah, no, I think we've said it all. Yeah. It is. It is a, uh, it's a big thing. It's a big, it's It's a a journey. And, you know, I think we've just kind of scratched the surface of this conversation. I'm sure we'll have much more about it. But as always, let us know what comes up for you. What are your thoughts and feelings about the topic and and what you'd like us to dive into more because you're a part of the conversation just as much as we are. And I think just you, you, you just kind of nudge me a little bit here that there is something that I would, would like to say that even though this is really hard, we are survivors and you're here listening. So you've survived and... I think if we just take it one day at a time, knowing that we can do anything for today, we can start one new thing today. We can make ourselves new today. We can do anything for one day that maybe we can't even imagine that we could do for a lifetime. So maybe keeping it really simple, really small, and just thinking of one new way that you can start to forgive yourself or start to open up to the possibility that you are worthy and trustworthy and that that life is giving us everything we need, even though it's really hard. One day at a time. Yes. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that last piece. And thank you all for listening um, and for trusting us with your time and with your energy and being in this community. You know, that's a huge piece too of, of being trustworthy with the people that you share your space with online. And and we're very grateful for all of you who who trust us. So thank you 
to all of you. If you haven't yet, please make sure you stay connected with us so that we can chat with you, hear from you, connect with you about, you know, topics, what you like, what you don't stay in touch at peaceful Barb at Barb knows best pod and at Michelle Maros. If you haven't yet, make sure that you are liked and subscribed to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Google, Spotify. And if you're feeling extra generous and you enjoy this podcast, which we hope you do, please give us a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. We love that so much and we appreciate it so much. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for being a part of this fabulous community. And we'll talk to you next week because as we know, Barb knows best.